Hello everyone, you are listening to my Blackest Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts, and coming up on today's episode, we'll be kicking off Black History Month with a very real conversation, as I have my friend, my bro, calling all the way from Nigeria, Mr. Nelson Agose, formerly known and famously known as Blink, the Matrix Buster, who will be joining me to have a real conversation about the struggles in the black community, the plight of the black community, which is also the miseducation of the black community focuses on the the tension that exists between the continental Africans and the African-Americans. It's simply a black immigrant versus African-American relationship or that needs to be reconciled. And we'll get into all of that. But first, let's get through our formalities. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, thank you for downloading. Thank you for tuning in. You can find the podcast and any of your favorite podcast listening apps, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever you like to find your good podcast, you will find it there for your listening pleasure. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review the podcast if you like what you hear. You can find this podcast on Instagram if you like to follow us. Check us out at Black Transnational Podcast. You can follow me, the host, at Black Transnational underscore. We're also on Facebook at Black Transnational Podcast as well. You can email us at blacktransnational17 at gmail.com. And you can check out our website, www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast. All right, so let's talk about this episode a little bit more. I titled this episode, as I kind of alluded to earlier, The Miseducation of Two Negroes. And I typically don't talk about the title of my episodes, but this is important because we're kicking off Black History Month with a topic that I think is very important to so many people, not just those who listen to the show, but those who are looking to have these conversations or who see things and and, and notice things in their experiences as a black person in in America or all parts of the world. There's a tension that exists that has been fueled by a miseducation of two types of black people, essentially, the ones that are from the continent after slavery essentially was um, stopped, or I should say was ended, and and not in the United States, but the slave trading, not the actual slavery, okay? And then you have those who went through, whose ancestors were um, involuntarily taken away and, and had to go through the atrocities of, of evolving and, and becoming acknowledged as a human race in the United States, the... Um, those who we know as the African-Americans. And there's two black worlds that have been pitted against each other um, purposefully. We've been told so many wrong things about one another. We've been misinformed, we've been miseducated, and therefore we misinterpret who we truly are to one another. And we need to bridge certain gaps and, we, and things need to be reconciled. But how do we go about doing that? So my brother Blink calls and from Nigeria to share his perspective on what leads to this miseducation. What is the barrier to the black population? What are the things that have systemically been in place that withhold us from being able to achieve our ultimate goal, from being able to reach our optimal functioning level as a black population? Right? So we really get into a variety of things. Who's to blame? What are the resources and tools that we need moving forward? And we, and we get into so many, so many other really, really rich things. So without really spilling any more tea, um, I just know that you all will truly enjoy the conversation. It's definitely one of the longer conversations. So there will be a little bit of a break. 
ain't no commercials or nothing like that but you'll get a little bit of a transition to just kind of catch your breath all right so i hope you all enjoy it please make sure you leave some feedback if you like what you hear of course wherever you find this on the feed so without any further ado here's my conversation with blink the matrix buster enjoy Welcome to My Dad's Podcast, My Blackest Chance National, Season 3. You can find us on anywhere you like to listen to good podcasts. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye. Blink. Baron Boys. And I love it, I love the life that I'm living I live the life that I love You doubt me now, you're so wrong I'm so strong I'm super, I'm super duper I'm special, I'm one of a kind There's no secret I might blow your mind with no missile It's about to go down Welcome to my Blackest Transnational Man, today is a special day for me I got one of my OGs, one of my OG homies here Calling all the way from Nigeria uh, to, to talk about what was really going on, not just here in the United States, but all over the world. And, and you know, we're really about bridging the gaps over here in, in, in My Black is Transnational. And, uh, you know, I, I think I couldn't have a better person right now to just have a very real open, what I think is a possibly pr- transformative conversation with us, you know, just regarding what the state of where we're at right now as a black, as a black nation. You know, and the exactly. black community yeah. and what we can do to bridge that gap. So I got my boy Nelson Agose, better known hey. as Blink Supreme Blink, <laughs> the Matrix Buster, still the owner, the, the the creator of one of my favorite songs of all time, Super. No, like no Thanks, bull, bro. bro. I tell you, to, to this day, to the day, I, I it, bro. one of my favorite songs of all time, man. Um, so, bro, yeah, man, yeah, so man. good to have you here, man. How far, man? Thanks, man. I did, man, bro. It's always been real, man. And like, first, always thanks for showing me love since day one, man. Like, see, yeah. I've always had, besides you know, our personal encounters, of course, all the good times I had in the IOTA crib. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, those are some of the best times of my college experiences. So, bro, it's always been real, man. So, I wanna was good. Man, uh, how's day, everything man. going? Every day, we thank God. Like I said, it's just you know, we're just taking these things one day at a time, but. We, we, we have, as we were talking off, off air, you know, there's so many things that are happening around us that, that 2020 has kind of put things in perspective for us. So we're going to get into just really talking about what's happening. Of course, we'll talk about what's happening with you back in Nigeria. We'll talk about your yeah. journey. I, wanna, I, want, I want the people who are listening, you know, for, for, for me, I know you and your story a little bit, but I think yeah. the audience would love to know just how you, because I think you come off as a very, very interesting transnational in my own definition because you came to the States, you went to school in the States, you 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 established yourself as an artist, as a person, as a businessman in the state, then moved back into yes. Nigeria and then you established yes. life there, re- reacclimated yourself back home and really started to, to sow your roots back in Nigeria. Yes. So we're going to get into all that. But first and foremost, I want you to definitely, you know, introduce yourself to the audience that let them know who you are, where you represent them and everything else, bro. All right, man. Thanks, man. My name is Nelson Agosti, like you said. Um, Blink, a.k.a. The Matrix Buster. Um, Nigerian uh, from Delta State, Isoko. Um, my mom is from Edo State, Benin. You know, these things are... These things, I think, should be important, but they are important. But they are, I mean, man. They are important. They are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Well, yeah, that... Um, like like you mentioned, I you know studied in the University of Illinois, Parkland College as well, when I was in the U.S. Um, and I moved back since then. Currently, I'm a consultant, a life consultant, and a, a, a personal trainer as well, too. And a life coach. 
So um, besides, uh, I mean, I still do, I did music when I first moved back, but my main focus now is in business consulting. That's okay. really what I do and life coaching. So um, the key thing, like the interesting thing, I, like you said, we're briefly going to discuss is that being that I've, you know, I grew up in Nigeria, right? Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about growing up in Nigeria before I even got to the States is that when you grow up in a certain family background in Nigeria, right? Like let's say middle mm-hmm. class, working class background, right? Majority of everything you're exposed to via the media, it's American culture. Yeah. yeah. Right? From yep. movies, yep. to songs. If it's not American culture, it's British culture. Yeah. Right? Movies, songs. Then of course, you now have the religious influences, which is still, you know, not Nigerian culture more or yep. less. Like for example, Catholicism, which is from Italy. European and culture. all the other different things that influence you that are more foreign based than home based. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's crazy how I go to the US as a Nigerian guy, and A, I don't speak any Nigerian language till now. I'm very ashamed of that. It's not something Bro, I say. It's like, yo, it's crazy. You're speaking, like, I, I think you're probably the second person, but, like, I don't speak any, like, I understand it. Yeah. But yes. to speak it, it's like, there's something that happened. I don't know. I don't want to just automatically blame my parents, but I don't know who else to blame. But, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I, don't, I can't, like, to speak the language. Now that I'm older and I have kids, it's like, man, yeah. I wish I could be able to, but I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, man. No, bro, 100. I think that was, see, that's the result of perfectly executed social engineering mm. like we are the second we are the third or fourth generation of perfect social engineering yeah. there's certain issues we'll go into that i've observed here then i realized for example how the job is no longer with me and my parents it's me and my children like yeah exactly our parents have been perfectly programmed into the system like they like you know because they eat african food and wear african clothes they think they're still african mm. right but the core of who they are right what where they seek validation from about themselves. Europeanized. None of it is African. European. They seek validation about their spirituality from European. You know, you know, Italian culture, if you mm-hmm. want to call it that, Jewish culture, mm-hmm. right? Or Middle Eastern culture with Islam. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Then when it comes to what are the standards we judge ourselves by? American standards, European standards, yeah, everything, everything is you know how it is. So it's like even here, we patronize more of foreign products than yes. local products. You know? Yeah. I talk to my so Popsi about that all the time, bro. Like and it's it's like my pops will tell me like you know dollars mean more in Nigeria than the naira. Yes. yes. Which is you yes. know a complete revert from I guess from his time when he would say like back in the seventies yes. when the naira used to be so heavy, where everything yes. else used to fall under the naira when it came to yes. currency. But now we're at a yes. state where everything else, the standards in which we hold ourselves to, yes. are not our own. <laughs> they yes. are simply. Yes. They're simply they're European, they're Europeanized, they're Western yes. influence, they're Caucasian yes. influence. Let's not be let's be real. That's the word. They're let's, Caucasian. Let's be real. Let's be real. Yeah, it's not it's not, it's not even like European. <laughs> it's Caucasian influence. Yes. That really determines what we consider the standard and how we hold ourselves as Nigerians. How we exactly. which is again, like when it comes to even a language, the fact that my parents, regardless of their best intention, decided that in order for me to prosper in this world unfortunately they felt it was best to be able to have the european universal language of english as this my standard of communication compared to the native language right the way i was supposed to conduct myself was was influenced by all levels of whiteness appropriateness you know and that thing has not changed it's still very reflective even now yes and you know this thing you just said, right? I had to come to terms with something mm. that we are children of conquered people, bro. Yeah. Like, you know, we walk around with so much confidence, so much swag. <laughs> the truth is we are children of conquered people. Yeah. You see what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've been social engineered 
to be inferior within the world systems. Mm. And so a few things happened this um, mm. uh, lockdown that blew my mind, right? Because, you know, one thing is that when we start to get, you know, more aware or woke as black people, right? The, 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 you, you start to do a lot more research into African history, yeah. right? Then when you start to do a lot more research into African history, minus slavery, blah, 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 yeah. right? When it comes to, let's say, spirituality, for example, yeah. we start to look into African spirituality, yep. right? Okay. So now, there's something I realized in African spirituality that blew my mind is that all this while I said, oh yeah, white man, you're evil, you brought Christianity, you did all this BS, you came and, you know, programmed us into believing this r- random guy with, you know, blue eyes and blonde mm-hmm. hair, is Jesus, you okay. know, you change our entire beliefs. But what I what I realized that when I went a step further behind Christianity, right? Yeah, I realized that the problem with Africa wasn't just colonization. The problem was the problem is and was oppression. Absolutely. Black people everywhere. Absolutely. Like, for all my black brothers and sisters watching this, let me just let you know the truth. The truth is this, man. Our leaders for many years have been selling us out. Yeah. Like you know, history repeats itself. You think it never you know, changes, bro. I'll be very honest right like i have my like if we'll get into the all the things the white man is doing to put his foot on our neck right mm-hmm. well let's talk about what we are doing to put us the foot on our neck right yeah so what i did realize is this is that how the white man was able to even overcome africa in the first place right was that our obas our kings our traditional leaders Sorry right out, they were seen as descendants of god on earth they were the chiefs the obas or whatever and the type of spirituality they practiced was not only oppressive right but it was restricted like for example if i practice for example what i realized is that the only like for example christianity they came and gave the bible to everybody mm. they came and brought what they you know watered down knowledge mm. but made it seem like the knowledge mm-hmm. and made it accessible to everybody mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. in in our culture in the past like we used to hoard prosperity we used to, like to today we hoard education we hoard well-being yes we hoard information so yes. instead of making those spiritual laws and truths are available to your entire culture. You only make it for the royal family and a few people, then you oppress everybody else, yeah. right? Yeah. So the truth is this is that our leaders under the guise of religion, acting as descendants of God, right? Mm-hmm. We're selling our people, selling our land. Mm-hmm. They did not see the value in developing the minds of the people. And you know why? I realized that the biggest issue we have as Africans from then to now is the fact that we validate life from outside ourselves. Yes. It's either an idol, a priest, a pastor, a chief, something. Mm. We do not validate life from within ourselves and we don't think. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Like we just, we, we we look for instructions, look for laws and ways to be told what to do. So our leaders, before the Westerners came, were already fucking with us, bro. Mm. Sorry to curse. But no, 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 go you ahead. Know, say your thing. Speak your truth. You know what I'm saying, right? Before, uh, before the Westerners came, our leaders were already doing business all around the world. And I'm not saying it was always like this, but it's pretty clear that at some points, right, our leadership became a lot more oppressive. And that's why Africa started mm-hmm. to regress. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I realized that, I'll give you an example, like during this lockdown, uh, during the NSARS, right, mm-hmm. the Oba of Lagos, his palace got raided, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. His pal- And why that was such an interesting story for me is this, is that this guy is meant to be a deity, a descendant of God. He has all these special powers, blah, 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 blah. Okay. They ran up in his goddamn palace, stole his staff, his crown, his everything. They ransacked the entire place. Wow. Not one person dropped dead from any voodoo. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> so what I did realize is this, is that these people, they've used, like, you know, religious practice, oppre- oppressive religious practices. They've also used a lot of ceremonial rites. A lot of things mm. that just, 
what I realized is that, you know, for many years, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because what happened in Lagos is the same thing that the famous 1897 British invasion mm -hmm. in Edo State. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the same thing that just happened this year. The only difference is they used Nigerian mercenaries back then and now there was no, and then there was no social media to expose it to the whole world. Right. So we've seen firsthand that these people are ordinary men that have been oppressing people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This guy put in the newspaper last week that, oh, nobody died because it was a ceremonial staff. Bro, we know you're lying. Mm. The illusions, I said this year, the illusions in the world are all going to come falling down. Mm. We'll get into Christianity and all those things, you know, moving on. So, yeah, yeah. You know, Bro, no, I mean, so. I think you're hitting on some really good points, man, because especially when you talk about the idea of the, uh, the oppressive mentality. And that's something that, for example, like I always have conversation with other people. I had a conversation with my younger brother about this um, recently. And when we, especially when it came to the NSARS things. And you know, one of the things that I said in the past when I did one of these like past just uh, emergency podcasts was that black people, we, we treat ourselves worse than even our oppressors do. And that's to me yeah. because I believe the mentality is that we have no idea historically, at least in our own mind, we have no idea how to properly lead without being yes. authoritative and brutal to one another like bro like it's like you know it's, it's one of those things the metaphor that i use is that like you've always seen the master abuse you and constantly be abused you've never got to see the master be, go out and be good and lead like like kings and leaders supposed exactly. to do because they, they do that to the other world and develop their own country you see all these books yes. machiavelli yes. the prince all these people they, yes. they they speak on literature on how to properly rule nations yes. right but yes. they not they here with, with with african countries and colonizing the purpose was not necessarily to rule but to dominate to exploit yes. to extract to exploit. and and, and, and continue to develop your own nation. So all yes. we as blacks have seen historically is just the abusive side of the leadership from white people. Exactly. And then once they left, all we know is what we see, right? So all we exactly. know is all we've it's seen oppression. is oppression. Yeah. So historically, yes. it just seems like we've never ran it's away. We've behavior. never run too far. I always say we've never, we never ran too far away from the master. We've never run too far yes. away from the master. Never. And, and, and guess what? We had masters before the master we call master now. Exactly. Like, I realized that the traditional leaders, leaders, right? Like you hear of cultures, for example, in Igbo culture, you hear of Osu. Mm -hmm. Osu is a whole tribe of people that are meant to be untouchables. You can't get married to them or whatever, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, all these things that, you know, if you do the history of it, you can be one guy that hated one tribe and just decided, you know, that's Igbo forest. Exactly. What I'm saying is, is that there are places called evil forests within villages that churches came and built land on and it flourished. You see what I'm saying? That is because they always use fear and guilt exactly. as a tool to control people. Fear Religion just turned it down, down a little bit. But those people, they use fear, fear to the guilt. max. Like, and they were killing twins. Like, they did all kinds of things to just create fear so people believe they are more than who they are. And how can you, you, you believe, saying, right? how can you fight against something you don't see? Right? Like, you can't, you can't truly fight something that you can't see. If someone is saying that there's a spirit, there's something, you can't, it's very hard to try and yeah. argue against that. So when someone says exactly. that, and that person has yes. already manipulated that information to already use it as a point of power and social capital, yes. then that yes. person then can, can, you can't, you can't fight against somebody. When I say that there's an evil force, there's an evil tree, yes. I've been sent from God. How can you see, all you have to do, you're testing someone's faith. Right, and, exactly. and, and when you're testing someone's fate, you're not attacking facts; you're attacking their personal idea. Yeah. So it's different. It's very I'm like hard to three, four idiots. Yeah, 
I said, all I need is three, four idiots that believe. Yeah, and, and that's even it. If you are re- reasonable, you'd be like, uh, okay, but well, these guys believe this thing. <laughs> so then, how can I not? Right? There's something going on because we still get caught up in groupthink. Groupthink is still a very powerful thing. Yes. It's a very, like you said, yes, with social yes, engineering, yes. groupthink is a very powerful thing that has been utilized yes. even all the way down to social media, even to this very day. The groupthink power is real, right? So we can't. So when we, when we talk about how that is a practice that has been a major part of our civilization as black people feeding off groupthink, manipulating facts, using the battle of the unknown and the invisible to then yeah. create fear. It also creates because when you when you fear something, you can't you can't see it. Therefore, you have to believe it or else you can't you exactly. have because you, you're wagering on what's the worst that can happen if I didn't believe it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Could be threatened. Exactly. Sorry, just just to add on that one, right, bro? Like there's something that's been going on last month. There was some uh, actress, right? Nigerian actress from the north. She's a house lady, right? She is an actress and she wore a backless dress. Mm. She's from the north. Mm-hmm. You know, the north, they um, practice the Sharia law. Oh, right? yeah, So, yeah. based on that, she's she's currently uh, in the courts being tried for, uh, you know, indecent exposure. For her back. And, uh, the verdict is they want to stone her to death. Can you imagine? Is the connection? Yeah, it broke up a little bit, but go ahead. But you're better now. Yeah, like what? What I real? What like when I observe that that situation, right? I realized that in order to maintain the what's the word um, validity of Sharia law, mm-hmm. they will go to any ex- extent, right? To to create a scapegoat, just to keep other people afraid. Like you yeah. see politicians, for example that do all kinds of, you know, commit all types all of crazy crimes in the North, nothing happens, mm-hmm. right? But some random person does something, you know, small, they want to kill you just to use you as an example yeah. to keep pushing that agenda of fear and guilt so people believe that Sharia law is the, you know, height of holiness. Right. So it's all, bro. Bro, but like, yeah, so before we get deep into it, but I'm curious because when you moved back, right, you lived in the States, Right, and you had to you had to you know expose yourself to some of the things that were going on in the United States. You saw what it's like yeah. to be black in America here, yeah. and then even now that you're in Nigeria, you know what it is to be black, you know there. But like, what was it like for you to leave the comforts of being in America and and then having to come back to a country that's really big on these ceremonial rights and all these things? Like, how did you go ahead and like, how did you know like, okay, you can be able to readjust yourself back to Nigeria and and that that comfort level you know, was reestablished, so to speak? Or did you ever get that comfort back? I, I'm, I'm curious to know what that was like. Okay, you know, yeah, I'll be very honest, right? And I think to be able to get this story right, I'll start from before I came to, like, I'll start from Nigeria to the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, left Nigeria at, like, age 16 to the U.S., right? At that point in time, the first thing I would, you know, state that is the issue is leaving Nigeria to the U.S. I was completely oblivious of anything that had to do with African-American struggles. Mm. It, like, as far as I was concerned, life for black people was like it was in the rap videos. Mm-hmm. Girls everywhere, you know what I'm saying? Everything's yeah. popping, everyone's yep. happy. Yep. You know, it's cool. Nobody, you hear about, you know, MLK. Of course. I never heard about Malcolm, Malcolm X, to be honest. Exactly, Nigeria, exactly, right? exactly. So like, I didn't know much of the struggle. So going into America, I did not know there was a problem. I didn't mm-hmm. know that, you know, white people saw black people this way or, or black mm-hmm. people saw white people that way. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, I was completely oblivious to racial issues. Mm-hmm. Coming from Nigeria, I, I've I'd heard of tribalism, but the way it was in my family is that 
I, I was also oblivious to that. You see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we interact with all different kinds of tribes or whatever it is, right? So when I came to the US, let's say for like the first two years, I didn't even realize anything was going on because in the way I, you know, the way I, you know, carried myself, I just used to vibe with everybody. Like right, of course, right. linked over my Nigerians because I used to do music. My exactly. closest friends were African Americans. You right, see what I'm saying, right? right? But in everything I did, because I I had no hatred and still have no okay. So basically, I have informed annoyance towards white people. I don't mm-hmm. hate them at all. Right? Exactly, exactly. But at that point, I had no like there was nothing. We're just they were human beings. I didn't think they were better than me. I didn't think I was less than them. Mm-hmm. I just saw them as other human beings, and I was even excited to meet them. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like we you know we're going to meet these white people or whatever. So. The thing that hit me the most coming to the US is this is that because I had no natural prejudice or any reason to, you know, uh um, you know, feel like a certain kind of way about white people, mm-hmm. one, I think they received me differently and they were kind of surprised because it's like they got to meet a different kind of black person who I don't I don't know how to explain it, but it's like the they were always surprised because like they ex- they expect to get some form of hostility and it really mm-hmm. isn't because right. I really hadn't informed myself as to what was going on at that point. Right. Right. So um besides that. I also realized that, like I said, I had all kinds of friends, Nigerian friends, Indian friends, whites, black, like I made friends with everybody because I had no prejudices towards anybody, right? So if we had anything in common, we could vibe. Mm -hmm. But what I did realize is this, is that America, I learned by like my third year is an extremely segregated country in the sense that Mm -hmm. I couldn't hang out with all my friends at the same Same time. time. (laughs) It blew my mind. I remember on my birthday, I had a party. Everybody came. Everybody went to their own sections. Yep. Yep. Even Nigerians and black people, like yep. I was, I was shocked, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized that those prejudices are constantly reinforced mm-hmm. everywhere you go. Like you're constantly reminded to be on edge, and you know, like let me see, let me let me try to think. Okay, there's only one experience I feel like I had that was racist in here, by and um, well, if I look back, let's say it was a class, one of those classes where he said, you know, over three, I said, I mean, three attendances missed automatic f mm-hmm. right but why it was crazy that this is one of those classes that was 9 a.m in the morning i was the most active person in that class because mm-hmm. we used to go to that class to go sleep so <laughs> everybody would be in that class sleeping i'm the only one answering questions and asking him questions and interacting with him yeah. so in my mind we had some level of rapport one mm-hmm. and second that was during the, the swine flu vaccine okay i mean the swine right. flu breakout yeah I and i refused that. to go to the freaking hospital to take a vaccine then okay. i didn't because just so everybody knows you know people that keep wondering about vaccines if there's any issue I'm 50-50, but let me tell you one thing I know from personal personal experience. My auntie was stuck on a wheelchair for four months after the swine flu vaccine in the US. Oh, wow. We came from Nigeria at the same time. So my, you know, my refusal to take it wasn't, it saved my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ended up, ended up with a B plus in the class, but he dropped me to an F. So I emailed dude, like, dude, I just graduated. I was waiting for my, you know, freaking degree. That he just told me I got an F. I checked Blackboard. There's no F there, but you're telling me your compass. I mean, I'm seeing a B plus, but why do you drop me to an F? Like, oh, no, so no, you remember the uh, attendance policy? I like, dude, I'm from Nigeria, I'm not from America. Like, <clears throat> I'm gonna have to pay for a whole new class, like, exactly. grand, like you know, help out, whatever it was. Dude, like, I'm sorry, I'm on vacation, man. I can't respond to you. So that's the only time I felt like it could either a been racism or just he's just a dickhead. I don't know, whatever it is. Right. But it's like, other than that, because I was not really on the lookout for that, you know, what I'm saying as far as like with certain issues, um, with white people. I never felt like I really had any runnings with them besides that. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I never really, what I was most concerned about being in the States was the level of miseducation between myself, my Nigerian family, 
mm-hmm. and the, my African American family. Right. My, I'll say that because yeah. we're one family that has been confused. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying, right? Absolutely. So it's like the thing that blew my mind the most, and I was most disappointed about because it's like, guy, I came from Nigeria, all I ever listened to was rap or whatever, right? So coming and seeing that there's been a high level of miseducation, you know. All you ever see of Africa is Kwashoko kids, flies, mm-hmm. people suffering. Poverty you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Then what they now tell our parents, like, you know, your parents, the generation before yours, is that, oh, yeah, these black people are violent. gangsters, they're violent, the they're all this. Hostile. So they only tell you those things. Yep. I remember my mom came for um, my, uh, she came to my school my senior year, and we went to go link up one of my homeboys, Ricky O'Neill, mm-hmm. right? That experience changed her life. Mm. We went to Ricky, Ricky O'Neill's family, and, you know, we had dinner with them. Mother, grandma, the entire extended family, like 30 people, the amount of love, the vibe, like I saw a love that, you know, I hadn't seen before. Zero jealousy, everybody happy, everybody coming together. So you realize that, of course, there are the stereotypes people try to highlight. Of course. But there are so many other great, inspiring, hardworking, fantastic black people, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that, you know, exist in America as well. Bro, you know, but because of the miseducation of both ends, we we don't get to dialogue. We need to build. We need to continue to dig deeper on that aspect because I was going to go into that as far as the, the divide between African Americans um, and Black immigrants. You know, like like you said, the Nigerians. That thing is something that is very crucial that needs to be reconciled in order for any major progress to be made. And I think you know some people will say, okay, this thing doesn't exist. Some people will say, okay, things are getting better because. Um, you know, mm. Afrobeats now is becoming more inclusive. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I think Afrobeats, the Azonto movement, all the music and creativity, yes. the arts, I should say, the arts has done a major, um, 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 has played a major role as far mm-hmm. as starting that development as far as bridging those gaps because it's like you're using things you have in common in order to Mm -hmm. be able to send a message and you know everybody's getting hyped up now black panther beyonce all these people are doing all these Mm -hmm. things now which is cool i I think i I think it's amazing but there's still that hesitation that exists from both communities that that prevents them from being able to truly you feel me come together and and become that one family that family that you just you know, um, exhibit it as far as you're, you're painting that picture of that family that's deep and extended. That's what we mm-hmm. need to become, where there's no exactly. jealousy, no love. But that stuff, what, what do you think so about that? Powerful. Why is it? It is so powerful. Like, I'm, see, I feel like I'm enjoying that a little bit. It's, it's going to get crazier the older we get. Like, mm-hmm. fam, you know, we linked up, we, we linked up with different people from all over the world. Like, last Christmas, Ellie was here, you know, Chibo was here. Like, mm-hmm. we are building this bridge day by day. You see what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So now, what I realize is this is that it's a simple trick. The black race in America, whether it's Nigerians, Ghanaians, Jamaicans, mm-hmm. whatever part of the black race you're from, right, have been in America for four, five hundred years, whatever it is, and they have been educated by the system. Yep. They know the American system inside out. Yep. <laughs> they have the information, they have the knowledge, they have the skills, they have the business best practices, yep. right? The key thing is that to make sure that that advantage never becomes an advantage is to make sure they never know that Instead of struggling for all these resources, 40 acres and bullshit in America, right? You have a whole bunch at the crib. You have the entire, like all the money in the world is home. So the the, the thing is, this is that it's an agenda. They have to keep us divided because, listen, I keep telling people this, I can't wait. It's going to happen one day. There'll be a president that has small sense. He'll put a few things in place and going to announce, hey, if you have any type of, you know, 
skill sets or degrees that we need, move back, we'll pay you $20,000 to give you a house. Oh my God. Like, we're going to have the biggest brain drain in human history because so. they think it's a joke. They've, they've educated our children, so. our children's children. I hope so. And it's so. going to work. I hope so. Bro. Like, it's, it's the inevitable thing because what they've done is this is that. And another thing, like you said, how do we now fix that when we come together? The, there's three things. One, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We have to forgive have each to other. Forgive. Like, then second, we need to stop judging each other. We look down on each other. Yes. First, we, we judge ourselves, right? Like Africans to Africans judge themselves. Black people to black people judge themselves. Then mm-hmm. we judge each other. Okay. We need to stop it, yeah. right? We need to realize that, okay, the, we made some mistakes and we own them for these mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. These people are not perfect, but we choose to focus on what's good about us. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Then we need to start practicing unconditional love. We mm-hmm. really we really don't love ourselves that much. We don't. Ibo Yoruba house are this beef. We don't. Right? We don't. So we it's don't. like, the thing that pains me the most, I keep saying like, bro, I was in Ghana last December. I wanted to lose my mind. Like, <laughs> I wanted to lose my mind. Bro, when you're in a place with black people from all over the world successful young black people it genuinely looked like heaven yeah. i hate saying this because i don't like to you know i don't like to you know feel like i'm being condescending towards other races i promise you not everybody that was there like every other race is white people or whatever their confidence level you could see that they didn't feel comfortable walking around but, because it was nothing but gods and goddesses everybody looking beautiful mm. confident successful mm-hmm. so i'm like first i like what ghana is doing ghana they've made the moves to attract yes. the right minds home yes because it's agriculture there's there's tech to be done. Yes. Like even before we even start getting to tech, the basic thing we still have to feed the world. It starts from here. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's um, bro, is those things that, like, so we much, have to bridge those gaps. There's so much that needs to be done, and that key word is reconciliation. That I think you mentioned forgiving yes. each other, bro. Like what is at this point? There's there's this issue of separation has been going mm. on for centuries since yeah, the man. early 1900s <laughs> and has been purposely yeah. done bro i've read books i've i've, I've done the re- i've seen it it's just documented yeah. it's purposely yeah. documented mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. even here in america the the greatest of african-american leaders the frederick Douglass of the world the mm-hmm. martin luther kings of the world even in all of their great and gl- their, their glory and greatness there was still that hesitation for them to associate with Africa because yeah, of the perception that Africa was a jungle, was a wasteland, was filled mm. with all these heathens, so to speak. And the yes. Americans, the black Americans, were the more civilized beings because of their um, immersion in this whole, what do you call it, this, in, into into the Western world, right? So therefore, they yes. felt that they were the more advanced of the black creatures, so to True. speak. And they were and, sold that too, yes. And they, so they were sold that. And then meanwhile, mm-hmm. us colonized individuals from these colonized countries were also told mm-hmm. that we were the more advanced ones. Exactly. And then now exactly. we're, to- we're pitted against each other. And then we're like, you already said already, so I won't be redundant, but like we've mm-hmm. been told, we've been told rumors about one another. Yeah. You get me? It's so no, I'm ch- be honest. How many people's African parents told them that they can't marry African-Americans? Me. Straight up. <laughs> I'm married to Straight one, but up. me. You see what I'm saying, right? It's like, that's the thing that drove me crazy, that fam. You think it's, it's cool for me to m- marry some random Russian girl over <laughs> a black woman? Imagine. Gotta be crazy. Imagine. You see what I'm saying, right? So that's the level of self-hate that has been programmed into a parent. Like, they've been scared into thinking that these people are, like you said, over there, they're uncivilized you know, they are poor heathens. And over here, we see them as, oh, they don't know, they, they have no culture, they don't know their history, um, they're violent, they yeah. just have baby mamas. That's what they tell people. Yes, right? they, tell, so they um, tell them all the time. And it's crazy because, you know, when you, if you really, and if you just stick into the historical context of things, when 
whenever there's a movement or some type of development that allows for black people to want to come together collectively and unify somebody from one of those outsides the police fbi somebody's always monitoring right and i mm-hmm. realize that that's the problem because it will never allow for us here in the united states to truly unify right we have to mm-hmm. go back to the spaces in which we come from in order for us mm-hmm. to to be able to fully reach our maximum potential but the thing mm-hmm. that i've been preaching personally is that it's not the, the truth of the matter is that africans because of slavery we built the entire world because the truth of the matter is, bro, if we really want to go down to it, everybody was involved. Like the metaphor that I always use is that there's a heinous crime that happens where you see a child that was getting or a, a kid that was being abused or molested, or whatever. And everybody watched. Everybody watched. Everybody exactly. had a role. No one called yes. the cops. Right. And that's how I exactly. compare. That's how I describe the, the concept of slavery from a global perspective yes. is that there's nobody who didn't play a role. Middle Easterners yeah. played a role. Even the Asians yep. played a role. So everybody played a role when it came to the the, the, um, the propagation of slavery. And yes. and it as a as it's at that point in history, a booming form of um, industry. Right. So. Yes. So then now. You know, when it comes to what's what's happening, when it comes to that brain drain that you're talking about, I mean, come and just, I know we're going to talk about this a little later, but even the NSARS, I was just talking to my bro about this too, like the NSARS movement really showed the world what happens when you allow those people that left Nigeria to really contribute back to it, right? Like when you, when you, you see it because there was no dependence on it. When you see what happens, Omar, when, when black people, when we come together, bro, I was telling, I was telling my, I was telling my bro yesterday, man, like. If the world decides, let's say like Nigeria and a couple countries decided, you know what? And, and um, one of our old ACA friends also mentioned this. Like if Africa came together and put together a, a, a passport that allowed for black Americans to be able to move freely to Africa, why not? Like if you... Bro, that, that's a no-brainer. No, it should have no, been done. done. Why the right? hell? <laughs> like imagine, like, like do you know how much, like for African-Americans, I try to explain to them, like when I talk to my wife sometimes, do you know how much the world values hip-hop culture do you know how much the world values everything that black americans have created and then but the problem is that black americans are still the most disposable devices in human history we are they're easily they're the they're the most disposable beings you take what you want and then you dispose of them if black people understood that go ahead you're saying you're saying if black people understood that if our own people in, in in the continent we're able to create something that would be able to allow black people to move freely. Like Ghana, like you said, did something like that where I think one of somebody yes. proposed something where, you know, having three levels of passport, one for naturalized citizens yes. into own lands, another one for someone to be facilitated by a natural born yes. citizen into own land, and a third one is just for visiting. But allowing yes. African or black um, families, um, black so people smart. from the diaspora and, and, and all over the world to be able to move freely back to Africa. Bro, this whole world, man, that, they don't, the world don't want to see that. I'm not just going to lie. The world doesn't want to see that at that all. That is the blueprint. Like, you know, Marcus Garvey was trying to do that. That's yes. the blueprint. Like, you know, yes. like you said, like, first, a passport that makes all black people and Africans move around Africa seamlessly. And it, op- it also opens trade, right? So we can trade amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, move across borders, right? Then this thing you mentioned is like, bro, look at you, for example. Like, imagine how much capital inflow and also knowledge inflow will happen if you and your wife move back to Nigeria or Ghana. You see what I'm saying, right? So it's, we have the expertise, like you said, Black people are culture creators. In fact, Black people are creators, right? Mm-hmm. They've been, you know, they've advanced in the European Western culture, have learned every, like, I'm sure 
when we look behind a lot of things that come out as other people other people's inventions yeah black people are involved right of course so when we can get these people on the land where the resources are mm-hmm. bro like it's just a simple thing of like now that's why i kept see i love black panther Hmm. I loved Black Panther the movie. Mm-hmm. Like anybody big. that you know used to try and beef on that movie, are like bro, no, it's like it you didn't big. get the message. It was bridging it was... the gap. Exactly, Stop, bro. I was Stop, in the movie theater, bro, and I promise you, yes. I wish my wife was here to tell. Like yes. I was watching the movie and I was in tears because yes. I was in real tears. I because that message was understood. Because to me, this is my research work. I saw yes. it. Right, I, I saw it from the scene from the scene when the yes. uncle was telling them that we need cool. to bring them back home. We need to bring yeah. these weapons. Like that scene yeah. right there. Like I can yes. put a whole prese- presentation together about the underlying wow. things about the Black Panther and what it means for reconcil- reconciliation between African Americans yes. and Africans. Because it was an African who wow. came to America and saw yes. the world and realized that we need the people back home to come save us. Right, and that's yeah, exactly. and and we need to bring them back home because. We're improving back home, and there are people out here in America that's suffering. We need to help them. You can't abandon them. And that that was the message I saw. And, bro, I was was like, it moved me so much because... And look at how beautiful the culture was. Look at how great we looked as black people. You see what I'm saying, right? Yes. Like, it's like, when we start to refer to ourselves for standards, like you mentioned, it's like, for example, bro, I grew up in Nigeria, right? My whole life, I grew up in Nigeria until I came to, um, to the U.S. for school, right? Bro... Who are my superheroes growing up? Batman, Batman. Superman, mm-hmm. you know, the Avengers. Why? Mm-hmm. We don't have our own heroes. We don't have our own people we look up to. That's why I'm very happy with Afrobeats and, you know, the way the entertainment industry is developing in Nigeria because now kids have people to look up to that yes. look like them, yes. right? Yes. That's also my big issue with Christianity and Islam is the first thing is done is get us to first refer outside ourselves for validation. Yep. Then refer, they say God the first thing the Bible says is what made in God's image, right? Mm-hmm. Then to refer to someone that doesn't look like you, as right? Different. As different. As your God. So you mm-hmm. grow up thinking that, you know what? I'm a child of a lesser God. I'm a child of a demon. Like, mm-hmm. it's already a mm-hmm. confidence reducer, right? Mm-hmm. So when you come from that, that state of mind where you feel lucky to have been saved by some foreign God, yep. but if not, you'll be wallowing in in, in, in failure mm-hmm. and, and, and pain and you know, all, the, all the things we don't want in life. So once those are the things you believe in your mind, it's difficult to ever create any form of prosperity for yourself or to liberate yourself. Yeah. Because what I find is this is that besides the guilt and fear, like people they, they like our leaders have, you know, they, like I don't think they knew, mm. right? Mm. The abundance of what we actually had on our land. You see what I'm saying? So they were mm. short sighted. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they were, you know, quick gold, sell this land. They didn't realize what was under the land, right? And they, they also like I keep telling like people with Nigeria. I can tell the Nigerian government, hey man, take all the oil, all the resources. We don't want anything else. Just give us the mind of the people. Oh my That's God. All we need. You're speaking to my That's soul, all we need. bro. You're speaking you to my saying, soul, right? bro. You're so it's like Africa. That's where we're at now. Like, see, bro, those of you out there, yeah, say? No, I said, no, go, go ahead. Continue, continue, continue. Yeah. No, say, those of you out there, plus, like, bro, like, there's so much knowledge and the internet has moved knowledge around. You yeah. see what I'm saying, right? So we need to spark people's minds. Like, now. Nice. That reconciliation, yeah. re-education, yes. right? And showing people to realize that, listen, man, we have to love each other. And loving yes. each other doesn't mean that Africans are perfect, African Americans are perfect. They're not. No. But we need to stop fighting ourselves yes. while our enemies are benefiting off the land. Exactly. Sense. Exactly. That's the thing. We don't have to always... To, to, it's, 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 an, it's an impossible expectation to have us believe that we can all come together on some kumbaya. We Loving one another does not mean that we have to always agree 
There's growth in disagreements. Facts. It's yes. about the disrespect that comes in addition to the disagreement that creates the problem. We have mm, to be able to facts. we have to be able to love and love one another and know that our differences is what even helps our growth. But like you said, how can you sit here? There's there's a lot of hypocrisy that comes in a lot with the messages that we believe. You know that that sometimes allows that allows for for these things to become an issue. When you talk about religion and you talk about Christianity and you talk about Islam, it's it's all these these man-made we've talked like we said earlier, these these fear tactics that have been used. Don't get me wrong, it's not that I don't believe in a supreme being. I believe in a supreme being, but I also believe in the pollution of man and being able to utilize the messaging from that deity in order to control other human beings, which I think is the original sin. Because I think at this point, you know, when you talk about how I sat here and I looked at my wife and I'm like, I we're, we're Nigerians and, and, and because we are Nigerians, we have an, a mix sometimes of family members. We have some Christian family members, some Muslim family members. And I'll sit here and I'll be like, well, I'll sit and watch a, a pastor say something about uh, an Islamic person or vice versa, whatever. And I'll sit and I'm like, so you're telling me if you're believing that someone's to die, right? So you're telling me that you have people, bro, who are born in parts of the world who've never ever exposed to Christianity, and you're telling me that their automatic, exactly. their automatic destiny is hell? Yes. Because they didn't see your Christianity. Bro, you know, How does that make sense? That bro, makes no sense. There are people who bro. are born in Thailand right now who have no idea about Christianity, and you're telling me that their automatic yes. destiny is to go to hell for what? For not being what you are? But bro, they, it doesn't make any you know the cool sense. Thing. At all, but and, the cool but, thing is that this thing you're saying, no, no, the cool thing is that this thing you're saying, Christianity, bro. I think that's one of the like now this you know goes beyond Nigeria. That's one of the biggest. It's caused some of the biggest problems in the world, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. People saying my God is right and yours isn't, creating mm -hmm. lines of division. Exactly. So I'm saying, and I'll just go further and say this. I don't even want to talk much about that. Is that that is why all of them are going to be burnt to the ground in the next ten years mm. because it doesn't fit. Like they are built on lies. Mm. Like you rightfully said, it took me all my life to arrive at this. There's God, of course. God of course. Of course. Of course. Right? But when people now come with these organized religions that are driven by problem. fear and guilt, right? You said it already. You are already breaking the first law of what God is meant to be. Exactly. Free will. Free will. So you're not bro. even giving me the free will to choose your shit. Like yeah, exactly. they're coming to like I can't tell you Nigeria. I say, do you realize that the reason why your great grandmother was a Christian? Was because she was beaten almost to death to accept it. She wasn't it can you imagine? She wasn't given a. She wasn't given a reason. So how can you, in the same, in the name, exactly. in the name of that white Jesus, you're yes. telling me that in a, you have burnt down half of the world in exactly. order to be able to establish this this so-called yes. truth? And yes. how does that speak? And that's why I'm saying the hypocrisy is very evident, and to the point where yes. it makes people uncomfortable to be able to have these types of conversations because in your mind if you were to defy I mean we've been so look we've been so beaten down to the ground that if you were to even question the identity or the the idea of this of Christ or anything else yes. it's like you have created you, you are the devil in its own right questioning and you are a false prophet and that's not the yeah. case because now you know to, to me there's one thing to be religion to be religious and their spirituality mm. i tend to be more yes. spiritual i hate religion Fact. Same here. i hate religion I hate because religion. religion is a man religion is a man-made concept bro 
right? Spirituality but, is so divine. Just, just one thing. Go ahead, bro. So after this thing you said, right, this mind-made concept, right, it hit me the other day is that I can't pass on my religion to my kids genetically. No. So it's, it's clearly man-made. It's like, it's if it was that, I won't be a Christian. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, right? Like yeah. you said, so it's like, it's straight up control to keep people below their potential. Mm-hmm. Just, like it is. just keep them, you know, seeking... You know, like I know it's funny. I keep saying that if Christians were really serious about their Christianity and they really read the Bible, you might end up walking out of the church because some of these things we're saying is in the Bible in the sense that before they even first had leaders, they were told that listen, fam, the day you start to refer to kings and leaders for your direction, they were slave you. And that's what happened. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Like until you get to the and the, the whole message of Christ was a message of self-governance. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a mm-hmm. it's like I keep, I keep telling people like I've learned okay, detachment, unconditional love. You know, I love everything God created. It's exactly. that simple. Yeah. Everything else are things that people that want to grab your land and grab your resources are created. That's all. Yeah. No, yeah. So yeah, man. But I think you know, just adding back to what you were saying as far as now, when it comes to all these things and the division that we said and how religion plays a major role in creating some divides, is yeah. is also adding to this whole thing that's what's going on in Nigeria now. Like, like my wife and I, you know, one of the things that you're trying to say, like, okay, well, we 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 on this platform are continuing to sh- you know share the message of. Look, yes. you need to come home. We're not saying you need to stay per se, because exactly. again, I believe whether it's right or wrong, I believe that we are of the world. We belong. The world is ours because the reality is our ancestors yes. built it. So we as Facts. black people, we mm. are, we are, we deserve to be global citizens by right, in wow. my own opinion, because we were taken away from our land, minding our business, dealing with our elbows or whatever the case may exactly. be, but we were forced to build that world. So now that we yeah. realize that we are still entitled to be citizens of, the, of these parts of the world that were involved, that's why I was going back to Facts. the whole idea of everybody was involved. So therefore, yes, everybody exactly. needs to let us to where we need, wherever we want to go, you need to let us go. You know what I mean? Yeah, but man. obviously that's, that's politics plays a role, but like. When it comes down to it, like going back to Nigeria now with this NSAR situation, it scares people, right? Like my brother yeah, was telling me about like the one presidential candidate, um, um, David, oh my God, I think his name was David Duke, I think his name was, or Den- Danny Duke or something. Donald Duke. Donald Duke, sorry, Donald Duke, yes. who, yeah. you know, I think was somebody was like, he was taken and arrested, you know, and held up for some time. And, and that's to me is somebody, that's, that person identifies with someone like me who may have, um, American education may have a yes, little bit yes, more yes. of a westernized perspective yes. about how to yes. govern, right? And you're yes. trying to come in and make a difference in your in your world, in your homeland, because the truth of the matter is, regardless of what anyone wants to say, bro, Nigerians who left and live in other parts of the world, they want to come home. Is the fear, right? Is the fear of me having all these advanced degrees and I'm going to come back home and I'll be driving Okada. Like how? Exactly. Like how do I have a PhD and the person who's running the country has a sixth grade education level, but you, me, that I've gone and I'm a neuroscientist or whatever the case may be. I went to go get my degree in Germany, Russia, wherever. And now I'm coming (laughs) back. I'm coming back to Nigeria to wash plates. Like it just doesn't sit well with that person who's trying to sacrifice for for their family. Meanwhile, these other people who are not supposed to be there, who do not have the proper training and education and pedigree are the ones running the country. So when you go there and you're trying to speak... The military comes in, you're arrested. There's that fear of of those types mm. of behavior that prevent people from coming. So how do we how do we try to address those things? Because that matters for me. That matters to other people who yeah. think like me. I think, bro, that's a very good point you just raised, right? First and foremost is that, um, and that's one thing that I think the white people has been their advantage, mm. right? Is that, and the way they did that is the thing we just spoke about, religion. religion because instead of me going there and shooting a nigga in the face, knowing that he should be shot in the face, they say, right? turn the other I'll cheek. be praying for him turn to, the to other die cheek. magically. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, right? That's, that's one side on the, if you actually want to fight, right? Yeah. But the point I'm trying to say is that 
fear which comes from religion and also thinking you can just pray things into happen yeah right yeah. is like the one thing that the white people like i get them credit for is that these guys came to a land that they didn't that a land of savages mm-hmm. and conquered the whole place so one thing like it dawned on me this year that there is no easy way to fix nigeria to fix the difficult. black the black issues we're going to have to get our hands dirty yeah so the biggest issue we have is we don't want to get get our hand, hands dirty and exactly. that comes from being plugged into the matrix like mm-hmm. you know the 95 system the easy life i'll get to that when i'm speaking about my transition from america to nigeria okay right is that america has a very organized matrix system that you know your life depends on that you know yep. once you're Routine. interacting with the system life is easy yep. you know things are paid off from credit you yep. know what i'm saying yep. so you are in your comfort zone yep. right but your comfort zone is not the reason why i'm here right mm-hmm. is because i know yes there's comfort zone but also now there's the trillion dollar zone because mm-hmm. this is where the money is yeah. right yeah. and for me to get there i'm gonna to have to be uncomfortable for many years yeah. i've chosen to be uncomfortable yeah. but it's easier for me because i of course my family is here so mm-hmm. i'm not saying it's the normal way for everybody else mm-hmm. so now for people that want to integrate right is now we're adults right mm-hmm. is making the right connections you have social media you have friends you went to university with is showing interest right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. for example i give my homie Ellie a lot of credit Ellie called me randomly i say hey man i come to nigeria last december he came went around interacted with different artists different people met people here now he wants to go to ghana and get land mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. and in fact i even got an idea for i like i found some place where there's a whole bunch of land that i have an idea for the future for mm-hmm. a gang of friends we're gonna have like a big ass farm estates because mm-hmm. Agriculture is still the future. Still is that the what I'm saying? Still, yeah. So now, what I realized is that so with uh, with with the black folks, right? They need to start to show more interest because what it is is that what you don't know is every single day foreigners are landing in Nigeria. Every single day, Indians, yep. um, Chinese, yep. Americans go yep. to the airports every day. Yep. If Nigeria was so bad, why do they keep coming? Yeah. But guess who we never see? Black people, because black people come and expect it to be perfect like their lives are in america and start judging from the second they land now i say Ili is a gs gsg but the truth is that you know what i'm saying like he we've integrated each other over yeah, the last years you know what I'm saying, right yeah, yeah in a sense that bro he came into chaotic nigeria feeling like you know like so basically if you have the right mindset right things around would of course stress you and bother you but when you have the right support system you can navigate through it because your expertise gives you certain knowledge and advantages mm-hmm. so when you have when you, when you can lay, lay a certain kind of foundation You'll be fine. But it seems like, but it also seems like, again, you know, you like you said, there, there, you have all these other people who are coming into Nigeria, coming into West mm-hmm. Africa, everywhere in Africa. You know, Chinese people are are integrating Africa. Is I mean, my my boy Foxy P calls it the new age colonialism. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's because it's facts, you know. But yeah. but the truth of the matter is that Chinese people, anybody, I'm not just gonna call them out, but all foreigners that are non-black, non-black foreigners have the opportunity to be able to come to Nigeria. And unfortunately, because of the historical aspect of colonialism, they can come to Nigeria and feel safe that no one will attack them because everybody who views another person that is not black, they view them as superior automatically. True. So as a black person, 100%. when you come to Nigeria now and they see another black person, no matter Fact. how Western, that police, like we talked about with NSARS, that person still sees you as somebody worth beating. Right, like, well, you can't you can't go and grab a white person and try to pull those NSARS tricks on them. You can't do that, unfortunately, because even internally, from Mm -hmm. a governmental standpoint, it's still within the fabric of this goddamn country to believe that that white person, that white person, no matter how singular they are, still has a a a major effect on your entire life as your superior for some dumb reason. Where somebody who might be the most potentially influential person for your country. You, that person is minding their business, but you can see something in them that you think is worth diminishing. And that mm-hmm. is the problem that I think 
uh, withholds a lot of African Americans, in addition to everything that, that you've mentioned, mm -hmm. that is a major problem that allows that allows fear to really take its course when it comes to I have I mean there there's so many I have so many doctors, neurosurgeons, people in my me and my wife's social network who are, like I said, who want to connect with Africa. I have a homegirl who's like, yo, I want to come to Nigeria and I want to be adopted into it because I, I believe there's something there. But you see these types of things happening where again we treat ourselves worse than even our own oppressors, where we can't come in and be able to invest because it, 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 it we're, we're, we're so busy picking on trying to pick on ourselves and trying to not, you know, trying to, 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 to judge ourselves and look down on ourselves and trying to yeah. steal from ourselves. Guy, racism in its own right is an is, is, is a, it's a brilliant mechanism. It's yes. a brilliant I mechanism mean, that's fed itself for so long right now yes, that the creators yes. don't even have to do anything anymore. It anything just feeds. Again, it just feeds now. It's self-sustaining. It's self-sustaining yes, yes. now. So at this point, it's become a monster of its own right. And and mm -hmm. so therefore, we as 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 a black community, we're still we're still suffering from that effect of it. Because again, I can't I can't stress it enough, bro. If African Americans realize, as and I sit here and I look at my African American brothers and sisters here, mm. and I'm like, do if you realize that if you go back to Nigeria, all these things that you're doing, there's so many brilliant minds on both sides of the of, of the world. Mm. Like, within mm. Africa, you see all these these boys. I'm like, you see all these yao yao boys, as they say. Yes. These niggas, yes. I mean, you're talking about these niggas are tech savvy so much, and these yes. guys don't yes. even go to school to learn it. But you're able exactly. to see, right? So when it goes back to your point about just give us the brain power, you see give what people you see what people do. When in, in even African American culture, when their backs are put against the wall, they're able to be so yes. innovative to create yes. something that's influential as hip hop, to create mm -hmm. something as influential exactly. as jazz and all the musical things, all the other yes. creations. These Man, things drive culture. They, they drive, drive culture. They drive, drive culture. culture. We have been they sell, the they sell products, they sell businesses, they sell brands. We in fact, guess what? Been. They sold America. We have Black people sold, sold America. America. To the world. We have been the drivers and the creators of the of yeah. culture, of cultural change, of cultural movements. Anything yeah. that you yeah. want to think about, Harlem Renaissance, yes. all these things have been major shifts in the culture of the yes. world. And but yet, yes. it's not about it's the product, but the people mm. who create it are disposable. Right, we've always Fox. been, this, and that's the issue again. So we have to be able to um, overcome that barrier or of being treated as disposable, and then we Fox. also now have to be able to to value ourselves enough to understand that this dollar that you're sitting here making in America, you're hustling to make that if you invested a portion of it back in Africa, where people are willing to welcome you yes. and what you bring as an African American, you're willing to welcome you as something special. Right, like you need to Let be able to like see this. that. 90 percent of the shit we consume in our economy is still imported. So you can imagine how much there is to freaking produce. Yes. Like for example, you only go produce like uh M and M's. You only produce uh you know slippers. Yeah. You only produce um toothpick, teeth floss. Mm -hmm. There is an opportunity for every. We, so basically, we don't start saying money. And you know, as you were speaking, right, I started to realize something like. And why I'm so hopeful for now, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm so hopeful for now because in the past, they could change narrative. They could do something crazy mm -hmm. and change narrative and we'll never find out. Like, for example, if it wasn't for Instagram and Instagram Live, NSA's narrative would have been completely Ooh, changed. That would be something different, right? They've so they've up. lied a lot in the past, yeah. right? So what yeah. I do realize is that why it's been so hard for Black people to unite. Let's use like the Black Wall Street situation back mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. Black people are one. They had united. They had done what they were supposed to do. Yep. But violence came and they were destroyed. Yep. Right? Yep. So one thing I will say is this is that I believe that even when it comes to the evolution 
of freedom from oppression. Mm -hmm. Black people, African-Americans are more ahead in that you know line than mm -hmm. Africans in Nigeria. Because guess what? African-Americans, they've lived with the white man. They know the white man is the enemy mm -hmm. and they know that the white man doesn't have their best interests at hand. Mm -hmm. They know they've been programmed and they know that there's an agenda ongoing to make life difficult for them. Yeah. The African does not know in 2020. The African thinks the white learned. man is his friend. They're just I was learning looking that. at the Edo State election. Mm. The British, the British wow. said they were sending election observers. I'm like, what kind of what? insult is that? Are you serious? You invaded, you invaded Edo State and, you know, deposed the, the Obas and you destroyed the whole place and stole all our art. Yeah. How the hell do you care about elections? You see what I'm saying, right? Mm. So is that we... The, the agendas were never taught a true history. Mm -hmm. I didn't learn 1897 never. in school in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I didn't learn anything about MLK, Marcus Garvey, none of that stuff in Nigeria, right? Yep, yep. So we're not taught that. They also... We're not taught Nigerian Nigeria, history either, bro. They don't teach us Nigerian history either. I just had to learn more about Nigerian history watching this documentary on Netflix recently compared to, yeah. <laughs> compared to even being there, bro. I didn't. Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah. It's crazy. They don't. It's not important. Like, we, we learn Oliver Twist and Shakespeare and, you know, catechism and all that nonsense. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying, right? Mm -hmm. So what I did realize is that um, if you look at Nigeria, between independence and now, we've mm -hmm. had the same leaders, bro. It hasn't changed. Yeah, like, even yeah it's been recycled. Is this, and guess what? What even blows my mind is they are all ex-soldiers. Yep. So in my mind, they are all mercenaries. Like, soldiers follow orders. So yep. their order was to grind the African economy to a freaking halt yep. for their own personal benefit. You see yep. what I'm saying, right? Yep. And to make sure anything that fosters African unity is destroyed. Because yep. guess what? They are paid mercenaries by the European countries, the yep. Russian. Yeah, all, like our leaders, I can't lie to you, bro. It's sad. That's why I'm hopeful because now the technologies you called them out exist and we mm -hmm. are calling them out. Yeah, It's happening. I keep saying that NSAS blew the lid off all the lies they've been telling since we're, since we're kids. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, the government is going to, we're going to go toe, toe to toe for those people yeah. for the next 10 years. People are yeah. going to get hurt, but it's going to get done. Because yeah. like I said, look at Ghana. Ghana, once all this lockdown BS is done, the brain drain into Ghana of black people is millions. You see? Heavy. It's going to be heavy, bro. Like, yeah, yeah man. But, but, but I want to touch on the fact real quickly. I mean, we talk a lot about the functionality or the 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 dysfunction in the Nigerian government from a mm -hmm. larger standpoint. But I want to know like from a lower personal like individual standpoint, what are the things that you're trying to do as a life coach, as a consultant? Mm -hmm. What are the things that you're trying to do to be able to to continue influence to make people. that change and, and share that knowledge and be able to you know influence people and keep that keep these messages that you're sharing going. Bro, you said something very important, right? The first and most important thing is that, fam, it doesn't depend on government alone. That's what breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. It's like people have not done the hard work of learning how to think, doing research, finding out what has happened. They want to be fed information from TV, radio, or whatever, yes, right? Yes. So what I'm saying is that my issue with Nigerians, right, is that minus government, how do you drive on the road? Mm. Do you, like how do you treat your fellow Nigerian? Are you patient? Mm -hmm. Are you honest? Mm -hmm. Do you do honest business? Do you try and cheat people? Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying, right? Mm -hmm. How do you treat an evil man when you're Yoruba? Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So like mm -hmm. we cannot build a country on on lines of division and hate and just blame the government alone. The truth exactly. is that your average Nigerian needs to, like you said, boost his self-discipline. You're talking about, you know, the prince and all these books earlier. Is that we need to realize that life is not about magic and prayer. Exactly. It's about 
is a like the issue with Nigeria that we're taught what to think before we, before we learn how to think, think is yes. how do your thoughts, words, and actions correlate to reality? Yes. How the hell do we create the re- realities we want? Because yes. in Nigeria, we act like reality just happens to us. You <laughs> see what I'm saying? Oh, God just said it's going to be like this this year. It's, you see what I'm saying? So the point and, is that. And every time it's just level, like they just ended, okay, it is well. like By God's grace. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So now, based on that, bro, my I told myself I'm not doing any more protests, none of that stuff. My biggest goal is to help in transforming the minds of Nigerians. Mm. Like, my main focus mm. now is mental reorientation. Teaching yeah. people how to think, yeah. right? Yeah. Teaching people how to focus on gratitude, how to focus on better emotions, yeah. how to control their thoughts, not how to not live with anxiety. Yeah. Because the poverty mindset has made us... Like, we don't realize that a poverty mindset is not something that happens because you don't have money. No. It's something that happens in the way you think. Yes. You see what I'm saying, right? Yes. So, your so average Nigerian has a poverty mindset. It's only like, ah, you just get 100k, ah. How can I eat this hundred key? Yeah. If that's, if that's what you're thinking about. You can't think of the hundred trillion. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That you yes. can probably imagine if you calm down and thought of ideas. Yes. So basically, if you focus on stealing money, you can never be innovative. Yes. So that's the problem is that because life has become so hard and challenging for a lot of people, everybody wants to cut corners. So your mm-hmm. average Nigerian is cutting corners, mm-hmm. cutting corners in traffic, cutting corners in business. And we do that and now expect government to change. Wow. It, it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, so I feel like for me, my own plan is to be the change I want to see in Nigeria. I have a training company. Um, uh, I, I built a mindfulness program yeah. that I'm going to be doing both for the you know, you know less fortunate and people and other people in companies that you know. Because but, besides even the poor people, like the people that need some of the most the most important need for mental reorientation comes even with the middle class as well too. Mm-hmm. The middle class, mm-hmm. the ones that have been fully programmed into Christianity and all the other tribalistic ways of thinking, mm-hmm. believing anything the white man says is truth, mm-hmm. looking down on you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, people don't know themselves. Yeah. They don't know themselves and they don't know how to think. So that's the first problem. Yeah. So. No, I, that's facts, man. I agree 100% because for me, I think on my end is to, the goal is to continue to use these platforms, to continue to have people like yourself, you know, jump on and have very real conversations. I think one of the things that I enjoy about what I do on this is um, I don't do this for money. This is, I don't even yes. know, <laughs> I don't even know how many streams I get, but like, <laughs> but the truth, but the truth is whenever it gets there, you know, the fact that the message is here and I hope that the truth, you know, it's like, like a book, you know, where people can go back and be able to, you know, re- reacquaint themselves with this message. But no matter what, in order for us to get to where we want to go as black people, no, we're not. It's not like we're even. I've I've made the claim personally, and even you know here and there is that because of everything we've been through as mm-hmm. a black nation, as a black population, that yes. when the future hits, like we are more prepared to deal with any form of calamity than any other race that I know of. No, bro. Like, so, because I asked myself, in one episode, I asked asked people, and again, like, sometimes it ruffles feathers, I know, but I asked myself, if the world world was to start again, and and knowing everything that we know now, if the world was to start again, and we have to build this world from the ground up, even within our own nations or whatever, who would thrive the quickest? And the truth is, it's between us and Asians, as far as I'm concerned. Because, like, for us is because we have the resiliency we have the persistence like you said we know our enemies and we know what it's like to be manipulated betrayed to be abused to be exploited we know all those things yeah. white people don't truly know what it feels like to have that experience no there's right? no resistance they, there's no resistance. resistance there's they have no idea so it's and it's and of course that's a, a mechanism of their own that was you know created by their ancestors but we have the ability, and even now, I don't know if we'll, I'll live to see it, but the message remains that 
black people we've been put in the corners we've been put in certain spaces and we're scared to branch out of these boxes that we that we were put in you know we were put in these spaces people were taken and 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 put in america you were you were stolen from your country and you were you were put in america to work as slaves and now there's certain people in in africa african americans or anywhere in the world in in the diaspora that are so scared to get out of that it's almost like it's almost like i forgot what it's called but it's um um can't think of the word all of a sudden but where you're just so you're so you're so connected to your your, your kidnapper <laughs> um yes, yes. i forgot exactly <laughs> stockholm syndrome is the word yes stockholm yes, syndrome yes, it's yes, like yes. that and that's yes. that's the message that's still even for all these Fuck. years like you said history has still re- nothing's new under the sun and the truth is that a lot of things that i've seen that i've learned historically still re-emerge is even in present day so that shows that lessons still have not really been truly learned Right, because it still continues to it still continues to show itself as far as how we organize ourselves, the fact mm-hmm. that we how we still separate ourselves from one another, mm-hmm. and we think we're making progress, but all we're yes. doing right now is that we we, we contest microaggressions with mm-hmm. micro concessions, and that's it. Exactly. Like there's because no big maze. They're all distractions. They're all distractions. One small thing. Yeah, you get one small win too. Because the real win is controlling your own resources. Thank you, bro. Is that thing, right? Thank you, so, bro. Whatever they, they, you know, they, whatever they want to do with that, they let people get, you know, small wins, and that's just. And by the time you get bubble. small wins, they they're already five steps ahead as to how to reconcile that. Okay, fine. Yeah. You you can have this. Okay, we'll take Aunt Jemima off the the bottle. Yeah. Like people are still worried about the skin color yeah. of Aunt Jemima <laughs> and pancake syrup. Oh, oh, oh. when people are now when white people now are already trying to find ways to, to to shift the entire way we view currency with cryptocurrency. Exactly. Like people, exactly. you're still worried about Uncle Ben on the rice. Like you yes. see, that's the type of mentality that you're saying. This poverty mentality where the small wins mean so much to you. The bro, small sorry, wins. This is very important ahead, thing you just measured. You know, you said, right? You know, when I told you that I had no real prejudice towards those guys, right? Like mm-hmm. when I came, it was nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So people could call me any word and it won't stick. It doesn't stick. Because I didn't grow up thinking of those labels as something that would hurt me. You could call me a yes. nigga and I didn't give a fuck. Nobody did. No one. But you could do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Because what I realized is this is that we give power, we give power to words. Yes. 100. Yes. That's why we can say my nigga now and it's cool because mm-hmm. we give him a different meaning to that. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. So what I realized is that when you do not allow a person define who you are. It all comes from one thing, bro. Like, I think, you know, as, as you're talking, you hit me, I say with black people, we need to trace our roots hmm? mm-hmm. to our psychological and spiritual cultures and to understand them as psychological and spiritual processes, not religions. Because mm-hmm. just like everything else, mm-hmm. right, there are things that teach you how to understand your mind and the universe better, yeah. right? Yeah. And we had things that we had developed that were extremely unique to us. And the funny thing is, like I said, I was reading the Ifa philosophy two weeks ago, and I was shocked, you know why? And like all these things I do with meditation and energy that I thought was only Asian culture, mm, it was plagiarized. We started it, we used to do it. We have it in Yoruba culture. Yes. I felt ashamed of myself. Mm. So what I didn't realize is this is that our obas, just like the church, took the spiritual laws of the Supreme Creator and turned it into oppressive religion. Yeah. Those things are very powerful. They mm-hmm. explain how elements work, how things work in both scientific terms and metaphysical terms. You yeah, see what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. So what I realize that with black people, the first things first is we need to fix referring to outside ourselves for anything. Mm-hmm. Like we need to, you know, this whole, now I like to say, man, yes, we are gods. We mm-hmm. are gods. Mm-hmm. We are in the image of God, especially mm-hmm. we black people. Mm-hmm. I'll say this one time. I hate saying this shit, but hey, man. Say what you got to say, gonna say is that <laughs> It's like, mm-hmm. so what I did realize is that, like when you said that we're best, we're best fit for this earth, that is why the whole world 
is fighting against us. We actually are. Imagine. Genetically, you know yes, what I'm saying? Bro. Spiritually, everything bro. about us is different. So it's like... Do you, do you understand I, everything that you're saying? And I know we have to wrap up soon just for the sake yes. of time. But like, do you understand what you're saying is powerful because... The question that still remains to me and anything that I ask, and like I said, I'm still focused on bridging that gap. But one thing that people don't understand is, do you know how much energy people have invested to go out of their way to try and hold back black people? I mean, think about how much was invested, bro, to try and to really try and and, and separate us. They've, they've put a lot of energy to divide us, to, to, mm. to, in, to, to condition us to think about certain things in certain ways, to mm. be able to create fear, to be able mm. to create to be a submission and to be able to limit our ability. Like I said, our want to be able to branch out to the world. There are niggas yes. who've lived in Brooklyn who never want to yes. leave Brooklyn. You understand Fox. what I'm saying? Like, and there are yes. niggas who, who are in, you know, in the village who never want to leave the village. Never want to leave. You get yes. what I'm saying? And there's, and so, yes. so it's like, and it's like, there's that ability that has been constructed. And like you said, in the social engineering of us mm-hmm. that limits us, and they've invested so much time and effort. I mean, bro, the yeah. printing press, like you said, that circulation mm-hmm. of the Bible was also the mm-hmm. same tool that was used to circulate rumors and lies about the black man. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go and see all the historical documents that were written about the mm-hmm. black individuals that was propagated by the by this invention by Gutenberg that circulated, you know, books. Wow. This, that, yeah. that, you know how much you have to invest in order to be able to spread yeah, those lies? To say that the black man was submissive and the black man, these are heathens and these are, I mean, you make plays like Othello to say that these people are the the spawns of the devil. I mean, you have to do that. This was a proper investment. You get what I'm saying? It was not, it was, and again, the whole concept of racism, I think has been documented that it was made for economical agenda. 100. You know, so, but then think about how much was invested. It's almost like... We, 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 the, the whole, the whole livelihood of the black population was some type of stock, like in Walmart and NASDAQ. Bro, sorry, pause right there. Go it ahead. was. It was. I'm <laughs> sorry. Like, this is just about stock. Yeah. Like, we're I'll, stock. I'll, I'll, I think I'll look for the page and send it to you. Sapiens, the, the Dutch invented stock exchange, right? Yeah. And what stock exchange was is we're going to conquer a far land in Africa, bring money. Yeah. Where we, where yes. We Hey, yes. continue. Yeah, no, so just so it's, it's like it's, you're investing. It's like that's what I try to explain to them is like the, the investment that people have made for thousands of years has been to yes. purposefully, compared to anyone else, mm-hmm. purposefully keep us separated, to keep us yes. in, I guess the word would just be discombobulated. We're in confusion, yes. we're in disarray. Where so yes. so therefore we can never, like you said, we can never see that we were destined to align with the sun, bro. That that yes, was our yes. po- that's like you said, that energy source that we yes, are yes. when they talk about us being the Aboriginal people, that conspiracy yes. theory that you're saying, quotes, yes. quotes, there has it has some validity to it because yes. if black people were the original man and, and mm-hmm. the original human being was found in mm-hmm. Africa, then of course everything else had to be a descendant of that. But there had to have been something where this whole story went wrong. And at some yes. point, you know, I, I would I would tell my brother or, or my wife or whoever I'm talking to about this issue, which I talk about a lot, is that Africans uh, in Africa, I feel like we're so we're, we're caught off guard. <laughs> and yes. I yeah. think white people saw Africans and they felt a certain way about this area. And they said, you know what? We can easily just yes. we can easily just give them a couple take of these things shit. and take it. 
this just catch mm-hmm. him off guard because there was no one was expecting it. There was no apprehension. Like you, like you yeah. said, coming to coming to America, you had no prejudice. You had no thought and about anything. Right. And that's what we need to change. Love is that it was they were easy to conquer. When let's say for example, I'm some evil ass. <clears throat> Oba, mm-hmm. they come to you like, yeah, chaos man. Let's go take over that guy. You know, he's killing all your wife, taking all your children. Yeah, we'll give you a new church. We'll give... So they came with prosperity. White people didn't come with just guns. No. The people that took over the Benin Palace were Nigerians too. Yeah, they were black people. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's like that divide of um, you know self hatred and always one trait up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who can't see the bigger picture of what is mm-hmm. to come if he stuck together with his people? Yeah, that I think for some reason I feel like we're finally at the time where the generation understands what's at stake and yeah. will not allow, you know, the way things have been done in the past to continue. I feel like, we're, bro, we're finally at the time. There's one thing I want to say. I hate like, I, I hate having to do this because I'm not like a religious person, like what you said, I'm spiritual. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's been slapping my face for the last two years, I've been, I've been telling my mom that the money Jeff Bezos has made is small. That's, mm. That is back pocket money, right? Really? Read Isaiah 61. Okay. Bro, like, that is us. Like, mm. There's nobody in the world that can't tell me that is not us. Like, mm. if you read it, I'm just laughing. Like, that's why I say I'm not worried that Nigerians are all over the place, black people are all over the place. What do they do? They've given us information, knowledge, wisdom, mm. skills. Mm. What did China do with General Mao? Mao made a phone call and said, Hey, man, all the Chinese youth, blah, 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 come back, come back home, come back, come back. Look at China today. You see what I'm saying? Man. Right? So, it's, we that's need the same. to. Same. Like, I can't wait to the people that divide. Like, see, we could have united as an African continent in the 50s it was nigeria that messed it up mm-hmm. it was nigeria that messed it up with uh tafawa balewa yep. when we were they fighting didn't... for rhodesia which was south africa we were supporting with the british instead of he africa didn't, he didn't want saying? to he was such a a, a a loyalist to the british people to this very day. mercenary straight puppet and you know he comes he speak great english and everyone thinks like we grew up looking up to the wrong heroes but it's cool like i said <laughs> the good thing is that uh it's our time bro trust me like it's, i agree man. especially for black people in the states i agree it's time it and I, time. I i can't i think i can't stress that enough the gap needs to be bridged and i think this decade like I said, when I started this season, I used that this decade, the transnational 20s is what I called it. And I, mm, and I claim it, it because mm. we have to use this decade to be mm. able to bridge those gaps. Africans need to start reconsidering coming home, yes. investing in home, and realizing yes. that the world is yours. And once mm-hmm. you realize that the world is yours, all these things, these currency, all these concepts that we value so much, we have mm-hmm. the same ability to recreate those concepts and even yes. flourish it even more. So exactly. we need to. African-Americans, wherever you are in the world, people need to start really understanding that there's power. There's power in your thoughts. There's power in your actions. But most mm-hmm. importantly, you need to understand that you need to love yourself enough to realize that where you're at, where you belong, is you you can make a lot more difference than than playing a secondary role. Exactly. You know what I'm exactly. saying? And, and so so man, gee, like we can talk about this forever. But I want <laughs> I, I want I want to give you an opportunity, bro. If you have any parting thoughts, anything that you think you know, like what would you like the world to be? What would you want for us to do to start making that progress? I just want to give you some time to just close things out real quick. Okay, dope. Um, bro, man, I kind of like you like this year, you know, this lockdown year that forced all of us to stay home and look into ourselves, I think it was one of the best years of our lives, hmm. right? So um, the key thing I realized is, this. okay, so I realized that this year, right, that we got the time to, you know, look into ourselves and to spend time at home. Mm-hmm. I realized it's one of the best years of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And like I was saying, like, the trick that they do to us human beings is that it's a very funny thing. I realize that we are all born knowing the truth in our hearts. The truth is buried deep inside us, right? Mm. So the trick to make sure we never know who we are as people 
is to keep us in constant chaos and confusion, yeah. right? Constant yeah. chaos and confusion, division, yeah. right? Yeah. Let's forget about the, you know, Black Lives Matter, the different things that happen on TV and media and, you mm-hmm. know, social media and sports, mm-hmm. right? Like, even within the matrix, work, uh, pay off car notes, you know, constant movement, right? Mm-hmm. So people hardly ever get a chance to calm down and to look into themselves. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. So like I said, with black people, for most of our lives, most 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 of our history, we've been looking outside. Yeah, We've been looking to the white man to treat us equally. We've been looking to America to accept us. We've been looking to the UN to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we've always been, Looking for a savior, man. Please Looking for a savior. Me. Please save me, right? Oh. Yeah, pa- hold on, pause. You have to. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt because I I use this meta. I always speak in metaphors, but one of the things yes. that I say is that, you know, I told my brother this as well. You know, um, when he came, he just came to visit me here from Nigeria, and I said, you know, Nigeria is like if we're speaking about Nigeria in particular, mm. Nigeria is like the finest girl in the world who has the lowest self esteem. Yes. Fast. Yeah, big with like she has yeah. so many resources. She's you yes. know just she has all the beauty in the world. Yes, but yes. she looks for validation from everywhere else. Everywhere else. And if she realized that she was the baddest bitch in the room, excuse my language. Yes. But if she Fast. realized that she was the baddest chick in the room, yes. then everything else would be, begin to brighten up. But we spent Fast. so much time because she's been brought up in an abusive home, <laughs> like yes. in an so abusive home. Her- Kidnappers, like you to said. To love her kidnappers, to love her abusers, and to value everything that they bring in other than what she has to create. She does not exactly. know how to, she does not understand that she has the power to create and exactly. and, 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 and transform. And that exactly. right there, bro, is is the problem. Because, yes. like you said, we're looking for, always looking for that savior. We're looking for the savior. Why? Like the savior so that's, I just have to say that real quick. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what I don't think is this, right? Based on that is that first things first is black people, we need a clarion call to look inwards, look mm-hmm. into yourself, mm-hmm. right? And the first thing that needs to be broken is how we look at ourselves and how we judge ourselves. Yeah. You see what I'm saying, right? We need to stop. Like, I keep telling people this, right? Do you know why I can't wear my high school uniform now? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't fit. <laughs> if I wore my high school uniform now, I would look like a freaking idiot, right? So yeah. why do I keep wearing the uniform of, oh, we were slaves? Stop identifying yourself as that. Stop mm. identifying yourself as a victim. You are not. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm. It was an event in the past that gave you information that, hey, be mm. careful by the white people. That's yeah. all. It didn't say anything about you. Yeah. It said more about them and their insecurity. Yeah. And they were so worried about you, they had to enslave you, yeah. right? Yeah. So what I do realize is that we need to stop wearing the wrong identities. We yes. stop judging ourselves. And yes. we need to in, we need to increase a self-love program. Now, very important. This self-love program has been destroyed. Let's say it destroyed around the 80s, right? Because before we got hip-hop, as we love hip-hop, I love hip-hop, I'm a rapper too. But we bring ourselves down too much. Black people create financial insecurity for other black people. Mm. Black people spread toxic masculinity. We don't take care of our women. We abuse them. We make them, you see what I'm saying? Mm. So the love program has to start with us. And actually, that's why I love Afrobeats. Mm. Afrobeats are talking about your waist, my love, blah, blah, blah. Right, mm. so we need to start becoming intentional about blessing our queens, mm. loving our queens, mm. protecting our queens, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing too, they've also put a divide because of how dangerous the world has been, right? Or how challenging the world has been, mm-hmm. especially for black women. Mm-hmm. They have become overly masculine. We all know this. Mm. Because in order to survive in a society that's always telling you you're not good enough, telling you no, you have to be a little bit more forceful and aggressive. Yeah. So yeah, our yeah. women themselves have also become naturally less feminine, mm. less nurturing, mm. especially towards us. Mm. They nurture the white man, but they're not. And the same thing, we don't nurture them as well, too. We don't yeah, cultivate man. them. 
properly. Yeah, even yeah. bro, I'm sorry. Even in our African cultures, they were toxic masculinity. Same, absolutely. There's no, no doubt. Saying, right? No doubt. No doubt. So those things, right? Those first fixing our issue with our identity, which comes with radical self love, mm-hmm. then fixing our identity. I mean, our issue with ourselves, unconditional love, saying that listen. I love you, my brother. I'm going to fix this, right? Regardless. Zero judgment. Mm-hmm. I don't care what they've said about you. All I'm going to judge you by is what I'm seeing now. Exactly. I'm going to build a new. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Then detachment. Stop holding on to the Material. past. Yes. Stop holding on to what Willie Lynch said. So yes. what? Let's build a new. Yes. Like let's build a new world. Forget the old. I keep telling people, yes. dash them the 40 acres and the whole of America. Come they on. will come and see, bro. In 20 years, they'll be begging on our shores. I swear to they God. will be on our shores begging. You see. Swear to God. Yeah, man. So, that's that's that was I mean, my party that, message. That's the that's a powerful message, and I think that's where we need to wrap it up right there, man, yeah. bro. This has been a very powerful, bro. I can't. We have to do this again, bro. Like, there's no question Definitely, about bro. it. This Anytime. needs to be. This needs Anytime. to be done again, bro. Like, again, is there any way that people can, you know, can um follow you on Instagram or social media to be able to keep up with you and everything that you do, man? Yeah, man. It's, um, my Instagram has all the information at Supreme King Blink. So Supreme King Blink, bro. This has been this has been an abundance of just energy, man. I I, I appreciate it. It's always love just having you on here, man. I thank you for taking the time to jump on the show, um, man. I, I, like I said, I'm I'm hella inspired, you know. But uh, you gotta you gotta you gotta be safe out there, man. Take care of yourself, man. Again, thank you for jumping on the show, bro. And I wish Thanks, you bro. nothing appreciate but it, nothing but love no, and prosperity and um and everything that you do, bro. Thanks, brother. Nice one, man. Nice, Bless. nice, nice. Well, so there you have it. What a great conversation. So this will conclude another episode of My Black is Transnational. I'd like to thank my brother, Mr. Nelson Agose, a.k.a. Blink, a.k.a. The Matrix Buster, for joining us and, and providing such great insight, man. Wishing you all the best in what you do, man. Thank you so much for taking the time all the way from Nigeria to call in and spread knowledge, wisdom, and love. If you like what you heard, please make sure that you subscribe rate and review the podcast leave some good words rate it five stars wherever you listen to your favorite podcast app please make sure to share this with your friends with your family members or loved ones or your favorite people it's a very important conversation that's worth having worth sharing worth circulating so please make sure to do that check us out on instagram at black transnational podcast you can check me out the host at black transnational underscore you can also follow us on facebook as well again have a happy Black History Month, a productive Black History Month. But please know that Black History Month is every month because we contribute to history. And it's not just regular history. It's profound and transformative history. So until next time, until we speak again throughout this month, take care of yourselves. Be safe. Corona is real. So follow protocol. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts. My Black is transnational. And I hope by the end of this, yours be too. Peace.